Material Components, Season 2, Episode 47, Sapient Resources Management. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I am your humble dragon master, Mike Gergoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Heck yeah. Woo! More heckin' yeah. Oh. Nice. Mm -hmm. Too much heckin' yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. I am Olivia, and I will be playing Florian of Akalar. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Shay. I am Michael, and I'm playing Oswald Octavian Theophilus III. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Amari. Indeed. And of course, before we begin today's session, I have to ask the same question I ask every time. And that is, Michael Lisman, do you remember yes. what happened last time? As a matter of fact, I do. Uh, it was another one of our scheming episodes. Uh, well, let, before we get into that, let's start off. Uh, we st <laughs> started out communicating with a, with a fae that was stuck in our Fayrassic Park, uh, which we learned was the life, uh, life's bane of, what was that? The House of Kindling. Uh, after very short deliberation, we're like, eh, let it go. What's the worst that could happen? But we'll find out later. You actually made the most intelligent decision you could have, which was get it the hell out of here as quickly as possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, best not, you know, have it have it be mad at us for imprisoning it unfairly. So Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um I'm I feel validated now that our decision has been approved of by our Dragon Master. Anyways, uh we then concocted a plan to uh have a surprise meeting with uh vectoria silvaro uh we're hoping to convince her to see things from our perspective and maybe turn sides a little bit against her our family. perspective being that we don't want to die and we love living and her family is trash um yeah, mostly mostly the first thing <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to do that with the help of the Proctor Jalvin Frost. Uh, we have not yet contacted them yet, but uh, we will enlist their help in setting up this meeting. Uh, and then at the very end, we went through the gate of Efri Yog, uh, and it was really, really fun. And we all felt like we were part of a communal experience. Um, so, yeah, we should do that again sometime. Yeah, you used one of the Jin gates, which are these four ancient pieces of technology which connect different quadrants of the Dragon's Wake galaxy, and in doing so, you had a a, a mild psychedelic experience. <laughs> yeah, and it's God's tech, so nobody really knows how it works, which is interesting because it, it is so, so different from traveling through the void, which is uh, terrifying. Mm. Um, yeah, really, really interesting stuff turns out the most widespread and economic form of travel is horrifying and soul-crushing and the uncommon ancient one that nobody understands is transcendental and enlightening hmm. maybe it's a metaphor who knows weird <laughs> 
But leastways, yes, that brings Oracle Zero to the southern reach of the galaxy. That chunk of space that has been the focus of the Cole Foundation's efforts over the last five years. As it is the quarter of the galaxy which suffered the most during the Shattering. That last great war that destroyed the Minos Dominion and left the Canis Empire triumphant. The Southern Reach is notable for its singular locations. There are many, many, many times many worlds in the Dragon's Wake galaxy, but there are places in the Southern Reach that some would call unique. Even in the Northern Reach, where Fey tinkering has made for fantastical and mind-bending things to observe, there is a uniformity to the mind-bendingness that one can acquire if you spend enough time up there. Akalar might not be so unique if one goes a-traveling in the Northern Reach. But down here in the Southern Reach, there are places that are singular in their existence. The ogre homeworld of Gobwar, a world scoured clean of most of its life eons ago by a strange undead scourge which scoured the world clean of every form of life besides ogres who managed to survive the apocalypse. There's Fingalurf, the gnomish homeworld, that strange effervescent place where gnomes, these demigod-like super-beings, exist and create fanciful creations that fit to their desires. An Eden created by these super-powerful beings that really just want to have a good time. It is said Fingalurf is one of the greatest party worlds in all of the Dragon's Wake galaxy. Let's go there. Gnomes okay. only. You must be this Pit short stop. to enter Fingalurf. Um, ah! Okay, we get a shrinking ray. <laughs> there is Nov Kogrin, the isolationist new homeworld of the Cog, where the Cog were left after the Deep War, that most ancient of galactic conflicts which left the Cogrish civilization, the ruin that it now is, with their peoples left to a single preservation world that has been delved over the years. There is nothing on the surface of Nav Kogrin but metal and old stone. But they say that the Dwarvish civilization thrives at the core of this world, where they have dug deep and mined greatly. And then there is the world you find yourselves now. Noku. The Rini homeworld. The simian people of the Southern Reach with their hand-like appendages on the end of their legs and their dexterous tails allowing them a great versatility of uh, hands-on experiences, let us say. Their homeworld, though, is a ruin of what it once was. The Noku that once was was a vibrant, teeming world full of life and energy. But that was before the Deep War. The 
expansionist efforts of the Kogrish Empire during that time left many worlds a ruin of what they once were, and Noku, being one of the closest to the original Kogrish homeworld, was industrialized to the point of ruin. The Noku that exists now is only just recovering from an apocalyptic ice age, which has scoured the world for the last thousand years. With modern technology and the efforts of organizations like the Cole Foundation, though, there is the beginnings of resettlement and repopulation of the world in the temperate climates around the equator of the planet. Much of the world is still an industrialized ruin buried under sheets of ice, but around the equator of Noku, there is the beginnings of resettlement, reestablishment, replantings. Renewal, overall, is the name of the game on Noku. And the plethora of ships and space stations and industrial platforms that exist in this system dedicated solely to the reestablishment of civilization on this world makes for a cluttered star system that you find yourselves coming into. To the point where normally where the Tiresian to go looking for the storm's repose, that large bowl-like ship with dangling skyscrapers coming from beneath it, you would be able to look into the orbit of most worlds and pick it out easily. But here, around Noku, where there are hundreds of ships of equal class and scale to the Storm's Repose, it's a little like trying to find a needle in a haystack. The world itself is barely habitable at this point. As I said, only small patches along the equator are suitable for uh, life that doesn't require a suit to keep out radiation and cold. But the teeming infrastructure around this world, spearheaded by the Rini peoples who have reconstituted themselves in this kind of orbital civilization around their original home world, there you find industrialists, corporate interests, all manner of those who, at least on the surface, say they're trying to help reestablish the Noku that was. Reclaiming it from the ruin that was left over by the Deep War, that most ancient of conflicts. Oracle Zero, you find yourselves now flying close into this orbiting city that surrounds Noku searching for the storm's repose. You are one ship among hundreds flitting about this system. The byways and warp points in and out of the Noku system are choked with traffic to the point when you warp in, you are immediately told to stay still so you don't ruin other people trying to warp in and out of the system. So as you sift through the interstellar traffic in and around here, it takes you a little while before you find the Storm's Repose, but pretty soon you come around the crescent of the planet and you see, orbiting one of Noku's three moons, the Storm's Repose. That ship that you've been away from for months at this point. That bowl-like superstructure on the top with the dangling spires hanging from beneath. 
You see ships going to and from that orbital platform, the storm's repose, and as soon as you're in the system, your comm systems, which have been fairly silent for the last few weeks of travel, begin lighting up as comm chatter that is accessible only by those with the storm's repose communications network suddenly is full of life and activity. Did we decide we were going in like stealthy? Yep. Okay. So yeah, in that case, uh, I'd let uh, Duma know. Hey, Duma. Yes. It's going. Let's take her in nice and easy. Keep it quiet. Okie dokie. We will use the transponder that Mr. Zin gave us so that our comings and goings is not seen, yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Appreciate it. Feels a little sneaky, but it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. It's yeah, no. Why else would yeah, great. he have given it to us if we were not to use it? As Makes a sense. moral test. I think that us not using those apocalypse devices was a real moral test. Oh, yeah. We already passed that one, so this is more of like a complimentary thing. That's how I choose to think about it. It's the complimentary moral test. (laughs) This is the the pat on the back for not killing everyone. Yeah. Good job. You deserve it. It's not like... (laughs) Like we're we're doing this specifically, like for a purpose. It's not like we're just being sneaky to be sneaky. Although, if we were, I mean, you know, people like their privacy. I'm just saying. Duma is cool with this. Duma is just making sure everyone else is cool with this. Oh yeah, very cool. Yeah, just yeah. Seeming a little judgmental, Duma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Was Duma was asked why not use it, and Duma thought the first thing. Yeah, yeah. got a point. Dokey. And he'll flip some switches and press a button, and it seems as though you are running silent now. Though you notice no difference whatsoever in your <laughs> movement through this space. All right. Um, I I would like Let's to start opening uh, fire. Yeah, yeah, good, good. We'll get hop on all those dorsal guns, and you know. <laughs> Get to the aft cannons now uh, that <laughs> the, we don't have. The, yeah, all those guns the Tyrese doesn't have. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I would like to get some uh, some music playing though on the ship, uh, and I would like some Thin Lizzy playing. Please and thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, done and done. Thank you, Thin Lizzy. Of course, uh, a famous uh, Avia artist who. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. So that is pounding over the speakers on the Tiresian as you enter the position of the Storm's Repose, heading towards one of the less used spires where your secret base is located. The Oracle Cave, a.k.a. Delphi, a.k.a. Bat Cave, a.k.a. I don't think we actually settled on a name. The the vapor cavern. We decided there's vapors in it, right? No, <laughs> no. Oh, it's a BYOV. Actually, you bring your own vapors. Mm, mm. <laughs> My favorite kind of party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it means nothing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. But as you make your approach, you do so flying casually, I suppose. There's enough traffic going to and from the storm's repose that it's not as though you're the only ship making the approach to this even larger carrier. So your movement isn't necessarily obvious. So uh, a question, actually, really quickly. It's not uh, super critical to what we're doing right now, but I'm curious is it like a um are all of the ships surrounding the Rini homeworld are they freestanding and they just like communicate over comms or is it like a international space station situation where they uh <laughs> where they can like hook on to a you know like a a base that stays in kind of the same position relative to other bases they're for the longest time, most of the Rini who evacuated their home world over the last several thousand years did so in the forms of enormous flotillas that existed in and around the Dragon's Wake. Some of their populations did settle on other worlds. Some of them remained in these large roving bands that moved throughout the galaxy doing jobs and for different governments and organizations or just finding resources on their own so that they could try to find a way to reclaim their home world. But a lot of those folk have now regathered around their initial homework homeworld as these efforts have really ramped up post the shattering. The reason things have ramped up post shattering is because for the longest time, this was squarely a dominion controlled space and this sort of collaborative effort without the Dominion basically taking control of everything would have not been possible. But now this flotilla of flotillas is taking up space throughout the system. It's not just orbiting the world. It's basically like there is an immense amount of ship traffic in this entire solar system. Um solar system consisting of really just four planets and a sun, one of those planets being Noku, and it's the second planet from the sun. But, yeah, to answer your question, it's a lot of interlinking ships that are parts of larger, like, carriers and linked-up structures that kind of resemble ramshackle space stations made of dozens of smaller ships that are all linked up together. Okay, so for the <clears throat> for the most part, the there are like established kind of yeah, like bases that don't tend to break up. Right, and those are mostly the ones being used by the Rini populations as a whole, not necessarily the helpful interlopers, like you know the Storm's Repose. Yeah. The keyword there is helpful. <laughs> That's the hope, anyway. Mm -hmm. Obviously, with, with corporate interests and whatnot, everyone wants their, like... There's plenty of reasons why folks would want to help the Rini resettle their homeworld. Part of it might be the fact that there is a lot of old Kogrish tech down there that is buried beneath ice. Some of it might be that 
there are genuinely looking to help the Rini, but in doing so, you know, if we just happen to be the best company to help supply them as they're resettling their homeworld, wouldn't that be a big profitable shame? Um, you said there's several planets in this system. Did, did you say which, did they have names or just Noku is the one of importance? Noku is the one of importance. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Are there any other planets in the system that are habitable or just, just the one, just the one. Okay. I mean, I guess anywhere is habitable if you've got a space suit, but, uh, <laughs> freestanding world and whatnot. Yeah. Just, just Noku. Okay. As you make your approach to the storm's repose, is there any last minute things you want to do before you slip into the Oracle cave? Sounds like a big no. Should we yeah, set up a, 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 like a series of slides with images of things we've... A PowerPoint? A PowerPoint? If you mm -hmm. will. Yeah. Put put that For together. What? Right <laughs> Yeah, I'm confused what for. Like the, is the PowerPoint for Victoria or yes. for the Proctor? For Vic oh, Victoria. We don't need, oh. we don't need to uh, convince the Proctor of anything. They're already on well, our side. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, just one clarification on that. What, um, what would we, a question, what would we yeah. be including in the PowerPoint? Well, I figured we'd decide that uh, collaboratively. I wasn't going to just stuff in a bunch of things. Uh, we are a team. We we fight together. We put together PowerPoint presentations together. Mm. No, I mean, I, uh, it seems like yeah. it seems like the the one slide is uh, two slides. One, don't kill us, please. We don't like what? that. Mm -hmm. Please, it's like, can you stop? And That's two, a good slide. don't. Hey, your family and the company that they run has shitty interests, so stop it. PowerPoint complete. It's, it's straight to the point, I suppose. Uh, maybe emphasize the second part. Uh, I think uh, we we will use our words to convince them not to kill us, um, uh, but perhaps evidence will be needed to persuade them right um what evidence do we have that is required to be in a powerpoint so i don't uh, amari you do remember when we came across oh i don't know the the fay stealing uh uh, device the weird cyborgs. Well, it's just a series of slides of them? evidence. Okay, Would they believe that though. Would they just believe us? We set up this this meeting with them and uh, surprise them and just say, "Hey, you have to believe us because we say so." Sure, I'm just trying to. You've got everything recorded, right? Yes, I don't well, have any of those things. Okay, so yes. you've got the evidence. Yes. So, okay, so it sounds Put like it you're into, the best one to make the PowerPoint. Into a neat, concise series of images and information, perhaps a video or two. I did take some footage. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I think, 
I think I could put something together. How much time are we planning to have in between now and this meeting? How long is it going to take you to put together a PowerPoint? uh, Probably five minutes. I think (laughs) it's already done. If experience (laughs) is there, (laughs) I already made it. (laughs) I think we just, uh, I mean, I think we just maybe contact Jalvin sooner rather than later. Oh, yes. And hope that they, you know, hope that he can arrange something sooner rather than later. Yes. Who wants to do that? Oh. As you're making your final approach to the storm's repose, as you're coming under its shadow, quote unquote, and being looking up through the the view screens and seeing the enormous spires that constitute this ship flying towards one of the outer ones where you know safety lies, you see your communications console light up. Oop. As you have apparently an incoming transmission. Does it say who it's from? Is there caller ID? ID. Yeah. (laughs) Looking at the communications console, you can see that it's coming from the storm's repose. Oh, beans. Could be anyone. It could be probably no one we want to talk to. It could be Axel Amandito, and that would be pretty. Great. That would be pretty good. Just think, we have Axel Amandito on our side. And Florian just like presses the the fucking whatever the pick up the phone button is. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not listening to this anymore. I think I feel. <laughs> Florian, you hit the accept call button, essentially. And a small hologram appears at the top of the console of another Taro face. She has the single, uh, she has the clipped horns that you saw as a fashion statement or accessory necessity upon a slipsis. And it is Kala, the former Asclepsian indentured employee slash failed meta diver technician who you rescued from Asclepsis. And she Oh, hey Kala. Hey. So you're alive then? Oh shit. Yeah. Hey Kala, um you're not around anyone, are you right now? I'm in my quarters at the moment. Great. Um, probably not a, a a good idea to be having this conversation. This, yeah. No. N- no, not not a great time to be doing this. How did you? How did you know we were approaching? I had a com relay set up, so if the Tiresian ever approached. It would trigger an alert on my datapad. Hmm. Duma, I thought you turned on the thing. And Duma like looks around like Duma did do that. <laughs> I mean, damn we it, Duma, why do we pay you? You don't. Kala pay is me. like a good hacker. That's true. That's true. And 
if you say that, Kala will nod. It wasn't uh, very hard. Yeah, we're just, we're being a little, like, on the covert side, so, uh, we might. Right. Does well, Kala know about Delphi? No. Nope. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, we we might, um... <clears throat> Would you like to join our club? I'm going to send you a just shove. I know that we're we, like, she can see all, all of us through the hologram, but I'm going to shove a Florian's face away anyway. I'm going to be like, okay, listen, I'll shoot you a map really quick. Just a sec. Um, but make sure you're not followed. I'm going to sh- send you a map of the um, ship. Oh, all right. Wink, 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 wink. That's a lot of winking. Is there something in your eye? Secrets. Co- yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, I eagerly await this treasure map you're sending me, apparently. Mm. Perfect. You're a doll. Talk to you in a minute. Bye. <laughs> Hang up on her. And you send her directional schematics mm-hmm. to where so she can get her pilgrimage to Delphi. Yes. Alright. Uh yeah. and the the end the uh the end point, it's not just like a little ball it's like a little um, like Shea emoji that's winking. <laughs> Alright. Well you successfully get aboard the Storm's Repose, enter Delphi and find yourselves in that modular space that was gifted to you by Mr. Zinn that apparently very few people aboard the Storm's Repose are aware of. And you're not met with any fanfare or greetings as you enter this space secretly and quietly. Some I'm imagining like the cinematic of this every time we come in is like the scene from every like superhero movie where a little kid on board is like looking happens to be looking out the window and it's like mom mom there's a weird ship docking right next to our house she's like shut up billy eat your vegetables billy (laughs) eat your space veggies (laughs) my soaps are on yes the mother is very invested in this uh, cherish jet relationship and really is rooting for them uh, crazy yeah. kids Can only I'm that. really more of a cherish Fowler shipper <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna get on the forums later and argue with someone else about it mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe cherish has others. two hands <laughs> I don't know why she sounds like this as you disembark and begin unloading your gear from the Tiresian you it's it strikes you that you are home and this is the first time you've been to a place that would be considered such in months at this point speak for yourselves yeah (laughs) we didn't leave like some like old like takeout 
like here is like, oh yeah, we'll be back in like 20 minutes. You know, <laughs> well probably in like did. the fridge or whatever, you know. It's like, oh god, this whole space is terrible. There are in like here. it's not uh it's not a takeout box, but there are just like six or seven empty coffee cups sitting on Shay's workspace. Yup. All of them. <laughs> Those not are empty. staying forever. <laughs> None of them are like empty. Tiny, tiny little bit of coffee in them. You find what is now an empty can of 12 Loco that is clearly used to have about like a third of the can left in it, but has since eaten out the bottom of the can and stained yeah. whatever table it was left on. It is not shelf stable. It did not eat through the table this time. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder which they're batch re- this is. <laughs> they're really, they're really toting down the amount of good stuff in there. I should, I should write them a letter. <laughs> I, uh, concerned customer. <laughs> well, they used to put real acid in these. I remember Shit. Loco back in the nineties. It was crazy back then. I can't believe Shit. they sold that shit. Shay does the thing that people do with coke. It's like they, you know, they use that to fill it, like, to clean up chemical spills, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And as you are offloading your gear and disembarking Tux and uh, decoupling the shuttle and letting it land nearby in this massive kind of vaulted space that is relatively empty until you tell it to reconfigure itself into whatever other situation you might need but for now it is mostly just this huge almost empty warehouse with a couple of ships docked in there and all of your gear and kind of workstations off to one side as like freestanding desks and uh, data terminals but pretty soon your taro hacker companion uh, pokes ahead in through the the big door that leads into this place and like looks around and and as her voice echoes in this space she'll say hello we're all just like sitting there waiting for her like surprise ha well she definitely gets there like before you've managed to you have to pull off a lot of supplies from (laughs) the teresian no one's doing that for you as opposed to if you docked in the normal uh, areas of the storm's repose. It's true. I have to offload all of my plants. Oh no! Are those safe to have within proximity of other living life forms? Some of them. Okay. <laughs> just around the plants, In there's the- a, a a paint a painted ring. Just like do not cross. <laughs> not all of them are from Akalar, so only some of them are like. <laughs> Super carnivorous. Yeah. As you are settling down and uh, getting all these supplies reorganized, yeah, Kala makes her entrance and like comes into this space and is looking around, and she'll say, "So you have a secret base, then?" Yeah, it's cool, right? Right. Alive, secret base. There's some serious black ops shit happening here, isn't there? We are, uh, very important. We are the protagonists, Scala. No, um, 
We uh... join us. You too cannot die. It's amazing. We've got this thing called plot armor. It's insane. <laughs> No, no, Mike. It was a joke. It was a joke. Don't take that seriously. Please don't test that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what what has happened in our absence? I feel like it's it's been months at this point. It literally has. Yes. Huh. Well, I would say a lot, and then not much. We came here. I've been. Busy, actually, quite busy, and it seems as though the metanet infrastructures aboard this ship are not that great, and I've been tasked by Proctor Frost in leading a, a task force to update a lot of the infrastructure on the ship, a lot of the metanet and uh, uh, other network capabilities aboard the Storm's Repose. Cool, we destroyed a terrorist cell. What? Okay. Wow. <laughs> no, I like I, not to like not to like one up you or anything. Just like if we're if we're downloading what's what's going on. Oh shit! Sorry. Uh, I can I can re say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, Kala will say. Wow, so I I didn't even know what you were going out to do, so this is all news to me. Yeah, no one really knew what we were going to go do. If we could just keep this on the down low, that would be excellent. Oh, I mean, I like figured... Lower than the down low. Like yeah, like I, I figured if we were like letting no her in on the, the secret base thing, that yeah. she probably figured that this was all on the down low. Hey, who knows if we didn't explicitly say don't tell people some some people are like well you didn't say anything granted i trust Kala to not be an asshat look i owe you all well more than my life i'll say that much so your secrets are safe with me and you see like a little bit of the the ar display that the little device on the nub of her horn is kind of displaying in front of her eyes and she makes a couple of like swiping gestures at the air and you see a couple of like little screens in front of her face swiping around and she'll say sorry there's lots of work to do people are always messaging me they can't track where i am thankfully i think the i, I don't know if anyone on this ship can actually do that besides uh, Lieutenant Thusen. God, I was worried for a second there that uh, Kala was uh, live streaming this whole thing just for that extra income. It's, it's their side gig. Mm -hmm. The big welcome home. Mm -hmm. But uh, yes, uh, welcome back, I suppose. <laughs> Happy to be back. Have to say, I was a little disappointed when you all just got up and left and I was well I didn't really know anyone else here and you all just left but uh sort of urgent kind of need to know situation that's that's absolutely fine if anything I think throwing me off the deep end might have helped uh, break out of my shell a little bit if it hadn't been for that I might have not met as many people as I did. So, damn you, but also thank you. 
Who did you Happy make any any friends? Who are you friends with? Oh, I... answer carefully, Mike. <laughs> friends is maybe. I've gotten to know humming the songs of Stars Long Dead quite well. Um, oh, mm, love okay. hum, miss hum. What an we should all go out for drinks once we're done with excellent this Excellent listener, let me tell you. Yes, and uh, they've been invaluable in terms of, well, getting me to talk to people. Um, They're good at that. Yes. Uh, so, I- I've been... Uh, I-, I don't know if friends is the right word, but uh, Lieutenant Thusen Robel, the-, the chief engineer, mm-hmm. is... Uh, Technically, my supervisor, hmm. sort of uh, guiding me through working with the the Storms Repose and the Coal Foundation and all all of this. Good. Sounds like you're adjusting nicely. We should go out for drinks, though. Oh, uh, yes, that's that is a thing that friends do. Mm-hmm. Hum told me that. Sorry, this back whole... on Asclipsis, it was, no, it, uh, to, you had to it pay helps for that sort of thing, and yes. Yeah, yeah, it helps if you don't have, like, like, you know, oh, one beer gets you 30 extra days on your... Yes. Or any sort of imbibement that might lead to the exchange of one's consciousness with that of a, a fey creature. Yeah, that mm. can that can really put a damper on things. Yes, yes. Thankfully, my supervisor hated the Fae and locked us all in a tower, so it was fine. I can really put Yay. it up around things. Uh, <laughs> this just makes me go, hey, Kala, do you need to talk to somebody? Do you want to talk about it? There are yeah. excellent therapy services on the Storm's Yeah, repose. yes. <laughs> that is what uh, humming the songs of Stars Long Dead has told me, but I, in my own time, I think. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally, totally. Soon, I, I'm sure. Soon, of course. Mm. When you're less busy, obviously. Yes, of course, yeah. when I'm less busy, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there will be time later. But uh, what, what, what is, what's going on? How, can I help? Mm-hmm. Actually. Actually. <laughs> How are you with PowerPoint presentations? No, that's not it's the not thing we would not that. Okay, <laughs> that's that's on you. Let's ignore that. I mean, I feel like we could just be like, how much time do you have? Yeah. And she will kind of glance at the middle distance where you see some more AR displays in her field of vision. You can't quite make out what they are. You think it's displaying pretty tight to her face. Mm-hmm. So only she can read what's happening. And she says, I have about 47 minutes before I have to be anywhere else. That should be enough time for Kala, I think. Yes. This is what we should have made the PowerPoint for. Mmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, we we don't have to completely debrief. It's really more just do we think that Kala could maybe help with our next endeavor? The the critical one that we are. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. I I mean, we could just give them. Yeah, give her a, a a bullet point. Just like, hey, these are the things that have happened. This is what's. These are the results of those actions. Now we're here. 
and we have we we need to have a conversation with uh, Victoria Silvaro because and of X. Out of character, uh, we could potentially that reopens up the idea of instead of going through with Jalvin Frost, we could just like fucking hack Victoria's schedule and you That's know true. find a time when yeah yeah. That's, that's schedule right. a bathroom break you know and then just like oh weird we're there's the oracle zero is also here in the bathroom what is going on yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we should do that let's, let's ambush her in the bathroom that. that'll end well no. Mm-hmm. no i'm also tempted to make an extremely narrow focus joke but i will not do it <laughs> thank you the bullet point breakdown that you give Kala, that's a thing that happens? Are we... Because before we were not... You are sort of keeping Kala in the dark for Kala's sort of, you know, safety as far as knowing these deep, <laughs> dark secrets. Are we, are we just going through and telling her that? Or are we just saying, we need to set up an impromptu meeting with Silvaro and Without Silvaro, her knowing... Without her knowing that it's yeah. us. I think we have enough uh, goodwill with Kala to where we can set this up and not fully explain everything going on. Um, I mean, in time we might want to, but... Yeah, I I was going to say, like, Kala, after we do this, we will tell you what's going on. Because if this goes well everything will be fine. And if it doesn't go well, then everything will go to shit and it won't matter anyway. So, the less that you know about it beforehand, the better for you. Yeah. If you're trying to give me deniability, I appreciate it. It's also more like, if you could help us out in the next 45 minutes, that would be cool. But And we can can fill you in. The other part, yes. Yeah, yeah. Time is of the essence, I suppose. We don't want to, you know, keep you. Like, we know you have your own, like, stuff going on. Totally. Right. Uh, you owe us your life and everything, but we want you to have a good work-life balance, sure, sure, so... Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to... This isn't going to involve hurting anybody, is it? No. Uh, no. No. All right. Well... Maybe in self-defense, but we'll see. Uh, all right. But- well, I guess I didn't really think about that, but I suppose we could be attacked. Either way. If it's in self-defense, that's fine. That's the way that we do it. I think. Oh, boy. Let me just remember. That is empirically not not true. <laughs> no? So, right. I need to do something for you then right now, and I will find out why later. Yes. Okay. I can... We can work with this. What do you need me to do? Well, we need to set up a meeting uh, with Victoria Silvaro and have her not know that the meeting is with us. Oh, um, yes, simple enough. Yeah, excellent. I could probably give me a moment and she will mm-hmm. stop and look around and she will see a data terminal over to the side and point to it and she says can I use that? Absolutely. 
Excellent. And she will walk over and you see her uh, touch one of the like devices that are over her clipped horns and then touch the screen. You can see these little beams of light connecting the two devices as she activates Bluetooth. And she is clearly doing something on the monitor. Uh, I don't know if anyone gets close enough to see precisely what she's doing or has an interest in seeing. But after a few moments, she will turn around and say, Easy enough. Turns out everyone basically has the same encryption on their personal schedule accounts. This is one of the things, actually, I was tasked with updating, but haven't gotten around to it yet, thankfully, I suppose. But, yes, I've got access to her schedule. Is there any time in particular? Uh, well, we're not incredibly familiar with her schedule. Um, I mean, as soon as possible, in a way that won't cause, like... A lot. Uh, I suppose, let me put it this way. The sooner you want to schedule this, the more important the person I have to pretend to be in order to insert this into her schedule without her questioning it. Right. Right. A good point. So I could absolutely set up a meeting for you within the next hour if I made it look like that was the proctor saying he needed a meeting. Yeah. That might be what we go with. That sounds good. The The only other person who would probably be able to get to her on that short of a notice would be, uh, well, the team leader for Hyper Alpha, most likely. Oh, oh, excellent. Now, now we're one. (laughs) Well, maybe it shouldn't be uh, Amandito because we don't. I mean, we don't want to get her hopes up for nothing. I mean, it's what a letdown that would be. Amari just we'll throws just disguise, in the middle distance. Disguise Amari as Axel. <laughs> no. <laughs> stealing his identity is extremely fun. I will say that. I wouldn't be stealing anyone's identity. I'm simply copying Shame. their... It's extremely fun schedule log sets into a different schedule to make it appear as though they are trying to schedule a meeting with her. Um, It would be probably the best choice to go with Jalvin Frost because uh, if for any reason they attempt to contact the person we are pretending to be, we need to have them on our side. Um, And so if we contact Jalvin Frost beforehand, we need to let them keep them aware of the, the situation as well. Okay. All right. Um, it's true. Jalvin Frost, then. Uh, when do you want this to happen? Give us 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. How oh, ready yes. is the PowerPoint? <laughs> like I said, I've put these things together in five minutes. I think, I think we're good. All right. Uh, 20 minutes. Where do you want it to happen? G- great question. Um, hmm. Hmm. Here? Uh... That's a no. Uh, her office would be hard. You'd probably... There would be some raised eyebrows of people seeing you. Mm. Yes. Halls. Um, I mean, uh, out of character, could we arrange... Is there, like, some sort of conference area that Jalvin uses? 
Um, because then that would like make sense, and also might be a little bit more clandestine than just like using an office. Mm. Kala will say, huh, I I can check, and she will make a few more keystrokes and swipe over, and she will start scrolling through a second schedule and go, oh, interesting. I shouldn't be, I really shouldn't be looking at the proctor's personal schedule, should I? Ah, uh, hmm. Well... Uh... Think of, it, think of it as a research for yes, your current no. task of updating the infrastructure. I mean, it how sh- easy was it to get into his schedule? Am I right? It shouldn't be this easy, honestly. That's what you're here for. That's precisely what I've been contracted to do, yes. And me being able to do this is somewhat morally compromising. Um... Well, it seems as though he uses a specific boardroom rather frequently that is not connected to his office and seems to be a little out of the way somewhere above primary engineering. I don't know what's there. I've never been there before, but he seems to use this for looks like private meetings with the chief engineer, Thusen. Sounds good to me. Good as anywhere, I suppose. All right. Uh, well, I will set up a meeting with her there, and you said maybe put it at an hour. Let's say yes, a good solid hour. I think it sounds it sounds good. Mostly because it will take you roughly forty minutes to walk there. Yes. Storms repose is a big ship, after all, and she will throw all of that in and say, "Done." She'll start closing windows, and then she'll say, assuming the operations director is not in the habit of ignoring Proctor um, notices from the Proctor, then she should show up to this meeting. Let's hope. Uh, Well, is there anything else I can do for you? Obviously, I'll get the explanation of what all this is for later. Uh, Yes. For now, don't mention that you've seen us. once it is okay to mention us, will be quite obvious. Um, but uh, thank you so much for your help. And uh, I do promise that we will uh, disclose what is happening. Uh, Maybe over those happen. drinks. <laughs> Maybe over those, well, yes, yeah, yes. Meet up at the Blue Giant later. Sounds good, yes. All right, well, I'll leave you to it then. Uh, good luck with... Whatever it is you're doing. Bye, Carla. <laughs> and she will turn and like still like staring around at this space, kind of weirded out by the whole situation. She will slowly leave and just like shaking her head with a slight smile on her face. She'll leave. It's a really good thing we freed her from indentured servitude because otherwise she probably would be like, "Uh, I'm reporting you to security, you weirdos. Well, if we didn't save her from indentured servitude, she wouldn't be here. Once Kala's gone, there is a rough cough from over by the Tiresian and you see Duma coming out from the underside of the ship where he was apparently just kind of like 
hanging out back there while you're having this conversation with Kala. And he will say, Um, we might have slight problem. What is it? Maybe you come look at this and tell Duma if he is overreacting, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm going to float over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just the sound I assume everyone makes when they float. Um, uh, is there a way um, I, I would like I'm assuming Shay can multitask so I would if Shay wouldn't have thought of this on their own um, I would definitely just like mention hey just send a quick thing to Jalvin saying like hey back on the ship I mean encrypted, yeah, I, 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 like, I'll, yeah. I'll send him a debrief yeah we're back if Victoria asks if you to confirm that you guys have a meeting, just say yes, please, thanks, love you, bye. Okay. Yeah. Sending it off to Proctor Frost. Uh, uh, like yeah, like by authority of yeah of Mister Z of yeah Mister Z yeah, and the head Proctor, the Arch Proctor, the Arch Proctor. Thank you. Okay you would get confirmation that he has seen that message. He doesn't respond necessarily, but he has seen it. Left me on red. (laughs) As you are drawn over back towards the Tiresian by Duma, he has got this real nervous, fidgety energy about him as you gather near the backside of the ship where he is indicating... And he is, like, his big bare arms are kind of folded in front, and he's got, like, one big paw on the side of his face, and he's kind of, like, squinting and looking at a place on the ship, and he's, like, turning his head to the side, and he's got this real worried look on his face. His eyes are all scrunched up and beady. And as you come around, you see what he seems to be so concerned about, and it's this large patch of uneven surface on the underside of the docking, uh, like the uh, the cargo lift in and out of the bottom of the Tiresian. And it looks like the underside is scored or bubbly. You're not quite sure what you're looking at at first. Uh, and Duma gestures with it with a paw towards and goes, eh. You ever seen anything like this before, Duma? And he will gesture and, like, lift up a paw and, like, pull a a slightly clawed finger across the surface. And you see that the weird, like, scored bubbly texture just wipes off of the metal. And he, like, rubs his fingers together and bits of musty dust come away when his fingers like get whatever this stuff is off of his hand oh we hit a skeleton what is this and as you get closer oswald you kind of have to crane your neck up and look at it but as we should levitate you no no no, no. on the ground is fine as you look up at it oswald specifically you would pretty quickly recognize 
the remnants of fungus that is accreted onto the bottom of your ship, like the outline of some enormous lizard left an impression on the other side of the Tiresian. Hmm. But I said the line. I said, get off my plane. I said the line, Mike. <laughs> it can't have been there. And Them's the rules. Did get oh, off. fuck. Oh, okay. Okay. And Duma will look back at you with a slightly panicked look. Is, is, this is bad, right? This is really well, bad. Well, wait. It can't have wait. been on the ship the whole time. Uh, right? right? Right. Right. I mean, like, we went... We went, like, a couple of different places. Oh, that's the problem, is we went a couple of different places after Akalar. So we don't necessarily know where that got dropped off. So, like, it could have dropped in the void, or it could have dropped, like, on that other planet, or, or like, that other planet. Or with Harcourt, or... Uh... Yeah. Wouldn't re-entering an atmosphere... Yeah, right? Hopefully burn it off. Right? Right? And the fact right? that it's still but, there after having gone in and out of several atmospheres at this point yeah. is concerning. Perhaps and the I void, could... like, like we went through the void like a bunch. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the sensors we scrape didn't... off that's, that's the, a little uh, bit into a bag or something for, for further examination. There's just a fungus li- lizard who lives in the void now. That's, <laughs> that's his home now. <laughs> um, scrape off a sample, Oswald? Yeah, we'll take a look at it later, I guess. Okay. Yeah, how are we going to decontaminate like that? No, we have we have things in here for for soft scrub. Let's go bleaching it. It's the power pine saw. Let's hit it. Power pine saw, baby. Uh, that's for the real problem is that it's a f- like fungus based life form, which means it probably doesn't need more than one to yeah. like replicate mm-hmm. so let's just let's just say it fell off of the void like there we go done 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 should, sorry should we at the very least try to compile a list of the places that we went to just so that later on we could just check in and see how things are doing quite frankly i'm tempted mostly to send shoot Harcourt a message to be like, hey. You might have a friend. Might still... (laughs) You might still be on the hook for that one part. Oh boy. Hmm. There doesn't seem to be anything immediate to be done about this situation. Not really. But you are aware of the fact that some muskers may have made it off of Akalar. I'm going to take a picture of it before Oswald gets his sample. And I'm going to, like, draw a circle around it and, like, a little arrow. And then I'm going to write musker dust, question mark, question mark. And then, like, the the uh, cr- the the teeth emoji that's just like, oh, no. Uh, and I'm going to send that text to our court and say... Uh, we found this on our ship when we got back to the storm's repose, so watch out. And, okay, you send that off to him. <laughs> There's no immediate response. You have no idea where he is or what he's doing. Poor, like, cut to Harcourt, like, underneath a musker, like, 
slightly too late. <laughs> Cut to hardcore asleep on a space bus somewhere. <laughs> Rolls over slightly when his data pad goes off. He like opens one eye, looks at it, and goes, oh, fuck. And then puts it back down and goes back to sleep. <laughs> Camera zooms out and then uh, shifts to under the bus where there's a musk. <laughs> It, like, licks one eye like lizards do. You don't understand. It's on the wing of the ship. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose we should just go ahead uh, to that, uh, to our meeting. Okay. You head off to the private meeting location that you found that Proctor Frost uses to meet up with the chief engineer. How much earlier than operations director Silvaro do you want to get there? Just the walk itself is going to take you about 40 minutes. So you can get there as early as 20 minutes before the appointed meeting time. I mean, might as well get there as early as possible, right? I was going to say, do we want to get there early and like have her come in and see us and give her a chance to like bolt right out of the door or do we want her to get there first get settled like assume that she's gotten settled and sit down and have us come in so that she can't like leave hear me out we get four high backed leather chairs that swivel <laughs> and as one after she enters we all spin around in the chair and say ah we've been expecting you hmm uh, no, but I agree. I agree with what Elliot just said. Like, I think it might actually be better for us to arrive like we or like, you know, wait around the corner until we know she's in there and just like follow immediately on her heels. Also, to make sure that she doesn't have anyone with her, like a secretary. Yeah. Yes. Of course, if she does have a secretary. Not really sure what to they're going to be in on it. Yeah. <laughs> we kill them. No, wait, that's not. <laughs> Into the vacuum of space with you. I mean, if there is a secretary or a, a person with them, I, I, I feel like that helps us a little bit. Uh, a witness to you mm -hmm. know, ensure us that presenting evidence that like, mm -hmm. yeah. Because she's not going to want to look bad to another person, I don't think. Theoretically. But yeah. No, I think that that makes sense. So where we just wait around a corner, we just stick our our, our data pads just like up against the wall around the corner, just so the camera peeks out and just like mm. okay, okay, now coast is clear. <laughs> Perfect. I don't have any other like spy equipment. I have it from the you know the Scholastic Book uh, Fair mm -hmm. that I did in third you, grade. Everyone had the spy equipment. You, but other than you that, have, I have a, nothing. a grappling hook gun, but I don't know how that'll help in this particular okay, scenario. Okay, hear me out. We tape, we tape a data pad. We start recording. We tape it to the grappling hook and we have to shoot the grappling hook. There we go. Is that what you wanted? <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you want? <laughs> I let's, grappling let's, hook oh, to the let's, ceiling in no, in the room. Let, okay, let's go right now. Stake out the place. Hmm. Wait for her to get into the room. 
be like, yo, surprise, it's us. We're not dead. So we are waiting in the room or we're not waiting in the room? Not waiting in the room. Okay. We're waiting down the hallway around mm-hmm. the corner, giggling to ourselves. Hopefully she doesn't come from the direction we're hiding. See, that's, that's, yeah. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. If there's a broom closet by there, then that's where that's where mm-hmm. we'll, okay. we will be. Okay. A space broom closet. Mm. You head up uh, to this location of the ship, and you find yourselves near the top dome of this ship. This is probably the highest up you've ever been in the Storm's Repose. Most of your leisure activities, your places where you live and everywhere else you might have been are lower in the spires but this is up near the top of the ship where all of the engineering guts of the storm's repose are located it is noticeably warmer up here as you are getting closer and closer to what you assume is the largest warp drive you've ever been in proximity with uh which is probably the vast majority of the actual weight of the ship is probably a massive interlocking series of crystals that make up the warp drive of the Storm's Repose, which is why the ship is capable of warping halfway across the galaxy if it needs to. Mm. That scale of power is tremendous, and it's unlike anything you've really had contact with outside of extreme amounts of God's tech, uh, most recently. (laughs) Even the Annihilator doesn't quite like, didn't thrum with power the way the warp core of the Storm's Repose does. And Shay, you can literally feel it in the air around you. There's just this electricity that makes the hair on your neck and arms stand on end. (laughs) Up in this part of the ship, you have to be careful to avoid engineers. These are people who might not recognize you on site because they would have no reason to interact with you on a regular basis, but depending on how incognito you all wish to be i don't know how stealthy you want to make this approach are you trying to make sure that literally nobody sees you i mean as few i mean people as possible right yeah and also like uh i mean engineers might not recognize you know us but they might recognize shay so it just depends on like you know if we think that people we might know will be in this part of the ship. You don't think so. Most of the folk you've ever had interactions with are other finder teams and some of the support staff on the lower levels. The engineering levels are, like I said, I don't think any of you have maybe ever been up here except for maybe Shay just out of curiosity. Yeah. It's just, it seems like it would be like, going to downtown Portland and being like, oh, we got to be sneaky because we might run into somebody we know. It's like, probably not. So then the trick is just walking with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you walk looking like an asshole, no one bothers you. <laughs> you walk like well, you it, think you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I got to get, I've got to go there now. Got to relate. Yeah. 
we're we're in a hurry. So walking past quite a few people up here, you got to think of the storm's repose more like a city than in a spaceship. The way mm-hmm. it functions and the way it's populated. So there are just random people who are probably the family of engineers up on this level. There is a whole other infrastructure up here that you're not really familiar with. There's cantinas and residences of other folk up here. The thousands of people that consists of the crew of this ship that live here all the time and don't ever depart the way the finder teams do or any of the other logistical teams do. They make their residence up in this part of the ship. They're the people who keep things running and they're constituent families passing by you're struck at just how residential it feels up here like there are you're walking by homes and stuff and it's not just little cubbies like you have down in the lower reaches there are clearly multiple layered family homes up here with grandparents and parents and children and they're all not necessarily working for the coal foundation but those of them that are are supporting whole stratospheres of family life up in these reaches of the ship As you make your way towards the meeting spot, it quickly becomes clear that you are in some kind of bar district. It's not there. There's restaurants and like clubs up here. It feels, again, more like you're in a city than an actual part of the ship. It's just this part of the ship is infrastructure for the people supporting the infrastructure. And the location you're going to appears to be a private club of some kind that, uh, as you make your approach, you can see is seems to have some kind of scheduling system set up that only certain people can access it at certain times when they have like an appointment, essentially. But the inside of it is what looks like a private bar or some kind of... Yeah, club. There appears to be some kind of some gaming tables in there, a long bar with automatic drink dispensers, and it is yeah, just a private bar, essentially. Oh, this is pretty nice, actually. There's only one entrance or exit, as far as you can tell. Everything in here appears to be automated, and Kala would have given you the schedule ID to get into this place. Yeah, I guess we scope it out. Okay. The interior is fairly small. It's like a, if you converted someone's basement into a like bar slash rumpus room, that's the kind of vibe this place has. They've got like a pool table, a bar with an automatic drink dispenser, a couple of really comfortable chairs with a kind of what is clearly a a wet bar and like cigar table in between the high back leather chairs in the back. This is a place for old <laughs> responsible men can go and like shed off the, uh, the confines of leadership, whether they be the chief engineer or the proctor of the entire ship and just lock the door and get away for a little while. Hmm. But it is also very clearly like, uh, kind of got that 
smoking room vibe to it, like leather and wood is the prevalent texture here. Though all of it appears to be artificial, none of it's actual wood or leather, because that would be heck of expensive. Mm-hmm. There is a bathroom in this place, so there is like a second door. It doesn't lead out, but it does lead into a second chamber in this place. We'll all hide in the bathroom. Is that what you do? I don't know. I threw it out there, but or are we just gonna wait in this in this room? I mean, if it's like a sorry, if it's like a key key code in place, then yeah, I mean, we could just just wait. Yeah. Okay, so you want to wait in this place? Uh, a big empty silence as nobody responds. Yeah, sorry, it's bit oh. bad audio. Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if someone else comes in, I guess they're going to be privy to our conversation. Can they? Don't they need specific access? That's what it seems um, like, yes. Okay, I mean, if anyone else has access, probably not, but I'm just saying. Dude. Here comes Axel Amandito. Of course he's got access. Boop, here, he's, the party's here. You know, I mean, but it sounds like it's a scheduled thing. You have to like schedule a time in this right. uh-huh. space. So Jalvin would be the only person who would be able to also enter hypothetically because he's yeah. scheduled here. This is true. And yeah, I guess we just hang out. Okay. Now we could line up those faux leather chairs. Uh, and, and, you know, enact that plan. That I still think the swivel would be good. Yeah, I mean, the swivel would be ideal, but, you know. We take all the Lazy Susans off the tables. We put them underneath the chairs. <laughs> um, yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. It takes us a long time to do this, so we're still kind of trying to set it up while she comes in, and it's awkward. <laughs> no, go out. Go back out. Go back out. We have a thing. We have a thing. We're not go quite back ready. Out. We're not quite ready. Yeah. We're doing we'll a bit. call you. We'll call you in. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, no, I think we should just wait. I think we should be like super casual. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is we're, we're trying to build trust with this person, right? So it's like, Hey, we got beef. Let's talk it out. Let's, let's air things out and let's figure out how to get past this crap. Let's hash the beef. Wait now. So these, these, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So posting up in this space, you, Settle in and begin to wait. As the minutes tick by, you idly make yourself at home in this space. You can sit in one of the high-backed faux leather chairs. You can sit at the bar with the automatic drink dispenser. You can hang out over by what is clearly some kind of multi-use arcade machine near the door. I guess, paint me a word picture. How is Oracle Zero displaying themselves as... Victoria Silvaro will enter this space. I am hustling Oswald at billiards. Oh. How good would Oswald he can he, he's not even above the table. Right. Can he reach? <laughs> like whipping <laughs> it with his arms over his head. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how he'd play it, I think. <laughs> Shay, Shay's like, oh I'll levitate you and then like drops him when he yeah. goes to Stop oh, right at like a half inch when he's trying to shoot. Yeah. yeah. No, still trying to get control of the powers, you know. 
I mean, if I could just stay on the ground, I mean, it's nothing personal. It's just I like my feet on the ground. What kind of drinks does this bar have? This is these are the real questions. Uh, Twenty four loco. It is mostly uh, harder liquors that can be mixed. Think one of those like infinite combo soda machines they have at uh, fast food restaurants, mm. but for liquor. Excellent. Is it good liquor uh, though? Quick, quick cue. Why does that not exist IRL? How do you moderate the person? Yeah. Exactly. That's that that is also the no, problem. You would, get, you would get like tokens, like drink tokens. No, we can we can monetize this. Anyways, uh we I don't know. Should we should we get some drinks? Maybe just like super cash, you know, like we're just we're just here. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a meeting. Uh, maybe offer a drink, you know. Um, yeah, is there like a nice sitting area? There is a small table that is surrounded by, like I said, faux leather chairs. OK. I was hoping for like a. A, like a chaise lounge or something, you know, just something I could really just kind of like drape myself across. Well, there's the fainting couch, obviously, but that's oh, okay, that's I'm I'm on there. It's chaise lounge. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's in the name. It's I mean it's yeah okay. I was hoping there were two. <laughs> nope, you can't have both. It's not fair. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm just going to pull up a seat then at the table. Okay. Shay and Oswald are around the, the billiards table, which I will say yes. is hovering. So when Oswald has to shoot, the table itself can lower yeah. to your height. Like, oh. It's accessible. It's absolutely this is accessible. the future and it's yeah. space. It's, mm-hmm. it's an accessible billiard t- table. Oswald is still bad at it, I think. I think he's still bad at billiard. That's fair. Where's Florian posted up in this space? Uh, um, I'm also probably just like sitting okay. and that is Are we arm wrestling <laughs> which shows up i mean we can but reed you don't want to do that i don't you'll insist on using the mechanical arm and i just i can't it's not no the grip's all wrong yeah where is tuck sitting mike <laughs> Because I, I, I definitely use that to, to get here. Because, you know. No. No, oh, yeah? Obviously not. No. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> Don't even worry, folks. It's just, you know. Subtle. Repair. Yeah, repair droid. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. No, the musker's in tux. That's oh. where it went. And now we call it mux. Oh, boy. Mux. Mux, yeah. mux, mux, mux. The door will open. And you will see Operations Director Victoria Silvaro sweep into the room with a large data pad held in one arm. She is clearly still looking down on it, uh, addressing 
whatever inflow of data or messages are coming towards her. She is not really paying attention to her surroundings as she enters this space until the door closes behind her, at which point she will say, just a moment, I'll be just a moment, one second, oh, there we are, uh, huh? And she'll look up at the four of you. Get her. No. <laughs> Surprise, Love bitch. That. Bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll go over well. That wasn't mm-hmm. in my character voice. Okay. Welcome to the club. And she will slowly start backing towards the door. I lock the door. Bink with my mind. Okay. She throws a hand backwards and tries to touch the... I finger gun it. The door controls to open them, and nothing happens. And she will look backwards and see that the door is dead. Should probably get someone on those doors. They're just, they just get stuck all the time. And she will look very nervously between Amari and Shay and Florian... Her eyes never actually rest on Oswald. Um, <laughs> behind the billiard table. It's, it's because <laughs> she has to move the neck muscles to the... Her yeah. eyes can't lower far enough. Did she show up? <laughs> Is she here? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Why don't we all have a seat? And she will clutch her data pad to her chest and still wide-eyed, still back to the door. She will say, what, what, what do you want with me? I think they were fairly clear. We want you to have a seat and I will, um, like move the chair directly opposite, like out from the table with my foot. So it just like slides out towards her. <sighs> and are Falls any of you be- armed? I'm not. I I'm have arms. <laughs> you know what I meant? Florian yeah. <laughs> is a weapon. No, I don't think... It's a weapon. I don't, yeah. I don't think people would take too kindly to, like... We went through, like, a residential and, like, a bar area. I, I don't think having a gun would have been the uh, best call. That doesn't mean you didn't bring one. <laughs> True. Uh, means I didn't bring one. Okay, that answers my question. Thank you. Yeah. She will appraise the situation as you scooch this chair out. She will swallow nervously and take a couple of tentative steps forward. So I take it I have been misled then. Uh, about about what specifically? Hmm. I think about us. No, yeah, I'm... Wanting to figure oh, out. Yes. Mm, yes. Yeah. See what you did there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she will stop before she gets over to the table and the chairs, and she will say, I'll just keep standing if it's all the same to you. Okay. You like. did, did you want a drink? I did not come here for drinks I thought I was having a meeting with Proctor Frost who I suppose is 
in on this, then? He is apprised of the situation. I see. May I ask what your intentions are with me? Oh, well, we ain't we ain't gonna try to kill you, if that's, uh, that's what you're thinking. We're, we're not... We're not really all for the eye for an eye kind of thing. Uh, we're, we're here to talk. Uh, ideally. Alright then, talk. Oswald, do you want the don't yes, in the uh, lights for the PowerPoint? Yeah, or? yeah if you don't mind. Okay. Um, yeah, I got it. Although I don't know if there's a projector screen anywhere. I, I suppose uh, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Oswald fiddles with like a data pad or something. Uh, perhaps um, going into perhaps we should start with well, I don't even know where to start but uh, he starts fiddling with, with, with stuff just like struggling to get it it's like it's his moment to to shine and he's very nervous about it um, hold on I, I left it somewhere here like I, I, I did put it his, together giving his doctoral thesis all over again <laughs> did you need some help with that no, 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 I got it. Uh, it, it uh, Amari, if you wouldn't mind getting us started while I mm -hmm. uh, put this together, that would be excellent. Sure. Sure thing. Um, yeah, well, first off, just want to say thank you for meeting us. We appreciate your time. I'm sure you're very busy. <laughs> Whatever this is, this trap you've set up, my family will be aware if anything happens to me. I mean, that's kind of the whole reason we're here, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Listen, Which... we obviously know the, your whole assignment deal to uh, get rid of us or, you the know. The specifics are... A little fuzzy, but the intent is still the same. She opens her mouth like she's about to say something, but then closes it again. We're hoping to provide maybe a different solution. Namely, because you've been doing a really bad job at, you know, the whole off in us thing. Because I, I never actually wanted anyone to get hurt? That's and also we kind of why that. we're here, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and we really hope that that is the case, and we really hope that you uh, see the right side of this whole situation. How familiar are you with um, some of the workings of Aegis Tech? Uh, none. Mm. Yes. I, I I don't have anything to do with Aegis Tech or anything. Yeah. Really? That's right. Because what, your great great grandma threw some kind of objections and got your whole line kicked out of the family bit, didn't she? Is it really worth getting back in when you don't even know what they're doing. And you see her visibly start to sweat and she will say, I 
didn't ask, and I don't need to be told. So you don't want to know about the horrible things that Aegis Tech has been doing? The people's lives who have been ruined? The death? The galactic implications. The implications. Because it would be so much easier if I could just ignore all of that. But it's not easy, is it, Vectorian? It's not about me. All right? Who's it about, then? My family. My mother. My father. My aunt and uncle. My brothers and sisters. You think they would appreciate you turning a blind eye to... Hey, Oswald, do you want to get that PowerPoint going? Just so we can give examples. No. Uh, Do you mind explaining that a little bit more? Are they aware of this? Are they being held as collateral? What? What is? What is the deal? If they're suddenly able to attend imperial social functions again, if my little sister suddenly can get into a better school, if my uncle's remains will be set to rest on Imperia, if it is simply as easy as Cromwell saying so, if I turn the blind eye to one or two things. Have they ever done anything like this before? Have they ever held true to their word? I had never spoken to that branch of the family before four months ago. When we arrived at Talgan 3, and suddenly I had phone calls from the spouse of the head of House Silvaro, and he told me that if I forwarded him certain details, the lives of my family would suddenly become what they should be. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> As, as as Olivia covers her mouth is just like not not this to is, the mic or anything. This is like kind of in character. I just texted Elliot saying like Florian is openly like rolling his eyes and just like making a little like. <sighs> well, um, I suppose if that is what you wish to do, as we said before, we're not here for violence. But you should be making this decision with all of the information. If you are unable to make this decision with this information, then I'm sorry, but the right thing isn't always easy. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And I understand the appeal of being drawn back into the family and being... Accept it again. But you do still have family. They're not this other ethereal branch. They're the people close to you right now. They matter. And I guarantee you, after we show you the images, the videos, and the information that we have found over the last however many months we've been doing this, I don't think you'll want to have anything to do with that branch. But 
It's your decision, as I said. You're talking about disobeying, going against Octavia Silvaro. She's the head of a high house. Her husband told me all of this himself. Yes, because it is the right thing to do. So you never spoke to Octavia? This came from... Why would she talk to me? I'm just curious. This information is coming from someone saying someone said something. And you'll have to forgive us. We don't know the inner workings of your folks' delightful interfamilial conflicts or whatever. Does Cromwell have the authority to do the things that he's promised? He's already brought my mother back into the fold. He's already secured better schools for my younger brother and sister. Okay. Uh, Oswald, just show her what we found. All right. Uh, Yeah, it is a series of, frankly, (laughs) ghastly grotesque and horrifying images. Um, it is Amari in a swimsuit. Yep. I wouldn't call that grotesque. Um, the information you give to Victoria Silvaro is sequential in its presentation. You start with Talgum 3 images of the false court pulled from your uh, spectacles as you took them. That strange amalgam of consciousnesses tied together to try to create some simulacrum of a fey court out of the corrupted dead minds of those who were left behind on that secret moon base. Information about experiments done on fey creatures pulled from their realm by hunters on Asclipsis. Of cyborgs created with the sole intent of guarding that knowledge with their lives. Of the strange and upsetting nature of Aegis Tech Solutions' bargain with the Court of Air and the implications that that implies of the strange, twisted nature, still unknown in its full scope, of Project Chimera. And as this information is displayed for Victoria Silvaro, she begins to take it in. At first, it is disbelief, unsurety, the looking at something pulled from the metanet to shock and disgust. It is the compiling of information and the continued barrage of grisly images that makes her slowly begin to withdraw that look of disbelief, her features becoming drawn, her sharp, proud visage drawing into something 
horrified and sunken. She might not even be aware of the fact that she sits down about halfway through this presentation, finding a seat, seemingly her body moving of its own accord, as she finds herself unable to remain standing and keeping one eye on the door. She becomes engrossed with this presentation. By the end, she is a mask of horror. Unsure, as you all are, about the exact extent of what she's just seen, but knowing that the pieces themselves are grotesque, that the implications of those pieces create the first inklings of something monstrous, something unnatural, something that Aegis Tech Solutions is perpetrating and attempting to cover up with the deaths of a great many other individuals. She has the full scope of the thing by the end, and you see in her expression the realization that she is implicit in these acts. Even in the smallest action herself, while she did not carve the flesh of those cyborgs, while she did not wrangle and trick the fae being captured, while she is not responsible for the horrific artificial court that you first encountered on Talgon 3, she is responsible for the continued pursuit of Aegis Tech Solutions of the members of or Oracle Zero, of that bounty hunter, wizard, mech pilot on Talgon 3, of the attempts at your life in sending you to a vessel that may have been known as a death trap in the form of the Demetrius, of confirming your deaths at the hands of an apocalyptic terrorist cult, securing her place with acts of vileness that she can clearly not abide. As she comes to this realization and you finish presenting these facts, she sits in slightly horrified silence as she swallows and nods and says, play it again. And as she begins to soak in these details again, horror turning to resolve, disgust turning to anger. By the end, her expression is one of stern and resolute fury. And when it gets to the end a second time, and she says, play it again, you begin to realize just how big of a heart Victoria Silvaro has as she is forcing herself to come to grips with what she has helped perpetrate. And as she finishes the third time looking through all of these documents, watching these images and videos, you can see her becoming this statuesque figure 
pulling herself up into this calm, somewhat trembling facade of stability. She will swallow and look to you all once it is done and say, All right, where do we begin? And I think that conversation will happen next time. Because as always, you can find us online at matcomrpg on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at cryoutolivia. I am always there talking about D&D and other RPGs and also just a lot of other nerd stuff. So come hang out. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. I'm an illustrator and graphic designer doing a lot of tabletop RPG and other fan art. You can also support me on Patreon and Coffee. Links to both of those are in my Twitter profile. You can find me at The Readamus on Instagram and Twitter where I post jokes and lots and lots of photos of nature. So come check it out. And you cannot find me on social media, but what you can do is support our show by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Please, please, please do so. Indeed. And finally, you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at MKGorgoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things material components. But as always, the world is chaos. So please, be kind to each other. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.